This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning, everybody. I hope your day is starting out well and you're ready to make it yours. I know I am. I just got a new coffee mug. You know, it really is the simple things in life. And I was just sitting out on the deck overlooking the river and was able to watch a few deer swim across to the other side for breakfast. Absolutely amazing. Coach Chris Cotton here from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching, where we work hard to support your financial success. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from today's topic. So please take time to share personally or through your social network. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com. So let's get started with episode number 57, Auto Repair Shop Business Valuation. Let me start off by saying that there are two different ways of looking or two, two different ways that I look at an auto repair shop as far as purchasing. Number one, it's run down. It needs help. There's a fire sale and we have the opportunity to basically flip the business. This is like flipping a house. The shop is in disarray. Somebody needs to sell and they're looking to move on. Or kind of the second way is the shop's up and operating at a, at a superb level and you're coming in to add to your portfolio, basically tweak some things. And if I'm looking at what to pay for each of the shops individually, the shop to flip probably isn't worth very much. Maybe 1x net and up to 1.6x net. Uh, on the opposite side of that equation, I've seen some really great shops that fall into category number two, bring up to seven times net or EBITDA if uh, if that's the term you'd rather use. So I'm going to give you a list of 10 things that when somebody contacts me and people contact me all the time and they say, hey, Chris, I'm thinking about buying this shop and I would like you to evaluate it for me or with me or or what does that look like? What does the process look like? So I'm going to talk about the process a little bit. These are not in any particular order, usually because you can't do it in order because you're dealing with a business broker, a shop owner, somebody that is not going to be able to get you the things you need in a specific order. So realize that you may be working on one, four, five, seven, or 10 of these things all at once in order to, to get this done and make this valuation. So number one is what, what's the reputation of the shop? And what I want you to do is go to Google My Business, see what their reviews are. Are they responsive to the reviews? Are they replying to them in a good way? Or do you cringe when you read those? The other thing you can do is, is read the reviews on their website. Hopefully they have a website. Also, if you're familiar with vendors in the area that they use, interview the vendors. Some will talk to you about it, some some won't. But usually, if you're like, hey, I'm interested in buying this business, what can you tell me about it? They will tell you pretty generally that they're behind on their bills, they're struggling, kind of the issues that they're having, high technician turnover, things like that. The other thing you can do is send a family member in Or if they don't know you and you're evaluating the business, go in as a mystery shopper. Go in for a flat tire. Go in for an alignment check. Go in for oil service and and watch and observe and really watch the business and see what you can learn. You learn a lot from sitting back and watching. Number two is what role is the owner currently performing in the business? And, And along that same line, what about a spouse in the business? 
And the reason why we want to know this is, is if you have a smaller shop with four or five employees max, if the shop owner's working all day as a technician or the shop owner's working all day as a service advisor and you suddenly remove those out of the business if you bought it, you need to know if you're going to have to replace that either by yourself or hire somebody else in to do that. A lot of times, shop owners, smaller shop owners, they have a shop that revolves around them. And without them, there is no business. Like if you have a small mom and pop shop with uh, an owner that's writing service, answering the phone, doing the books, or the spouse is performing those functions, and the owner is being a technician, and there's one other technician, if you remove them from that equation, you don't have a business. And you have to really think about how you can move that business forward or what you can push it forward with or to, or, you know, if you're just buying it basically to close the hole to make sure everybody comes to you or, you know, what does their customer list looks? Some of those things. AutoLeap is a cloud-based all-in-one auto repair software that helps to keep complete track of your business from scheduling appointments to managing technicians to generating invoices. Supercharge your growth with AutoLeap. Customers that fully adopt AutoLeap see the following benefits in their first year. 30% revenue growth, with top customers seeing over 100% growth, 75% decrease in no-shows, allowing you to service more customers, three times increase in positive Google reviews, leading to stronger online presence, 50% time saved on administrative tasks, driving increase in operational efficiency. Do it all with AutoLeap. Key features and functions include estimates, invoices, scheduling, Google reviews, inspections, communication, QuickBooks, reporting. Get in touch with AutoLeap to see how you can transform your auto repair shop. For a limited time, if you schedule a demo, sign up with AutoLeap and they will waive the $250 implementation fee. Number three, website. You need to evaluate it. Is it up to date? Does it have videos? Does the contact us thing work? Send, Click on a contact them. Do a contact request. Um, in a couple of episodes, I'm going to talk about my pet peeves about auto repair shop owners and just business owners in general. And that's one of them. Like if you fill in a contact me or a contact us request and don't ever get anything back, what's that tell you about the business? The other thing is social media. Are they active on social media? Do they have a Facebook page that was created in 2008 and hasn't had a post updated since 2012? If they expect you to buy those types of things, there's no value in it because they haven't put in the time to build it. The other thing is what other advertising do they do? Do they have a great Google AdWords campaign? Are they writing blogs on their business? What are they, what are they doing to advertise the business? Okay. Number four, what do the business financials look like? And this is a big one. I get contacted by shop owners all the time that are looking to sell their business and they don't have an income statement or PRL. And then I also get contacted by people that are buying a shop and the one we're requesting from, they don't have any business financials to look at, or they're two years behind, or they haven't filed taxes in two years. Those businesses typically aren't worth very much because the owner's been running it, hiding all the profits. And and there are some situations where I just look at valuations and I'm like, um, you know what, you need to go back to the owner and ask the owner how much he's got in the account and say, you need to write us a check to take this business from you because it's not worth anything. Number five, what type of point of sale do they use? Do they even have one? 
a lot of shop owners and and two this is this is really common i thought at this point that most shop owners would would have like a good point of sale system but i run into people every week that are using either quickbooks or paper copies and things like that but again those are the shops that are behind on their business financials those are also the shop owners that sit there and go wink wink nudge nudge and be like hey you know, I know we only show that we did 400000 in sales, but really did $700,000 and I pocketed the cash. That's great and all, but there's no way to prove that. So, so that has no worth. And a lot of times when we hear that from a shop owner, the exact opposite appears to be true. Like they'll say that. And then when you get into the business, really, the business is just in a, in a mess. And they just said that to see if they could hook a, hook a fish, right? Land a whale. You know, talking about point of sale systems and having a good one, uh, that leads us into number six. Are they using current technology? Does the shop have a great cloud-based point of sale system? Are they doing DVIs? Are they taking video? Are they doing pictures, sending out? Do they use text to pay? Do the technicians use tablets? Do they have a diagnostic station? Are all their diagnostic tools up to date? Uh, one of the things that I never thought of when I bought a bought a shop is I bought a shop six months later, Snap-on comes to me. He's like, hey, I need $1,800 to update the scan tool. And I'm like, holy cow, what? That's one thing that I never knew about or didn't really think about when I bought it. So is everything technology? Are they using current technology and is everything updated? Make sure that you get that. Number seven, what does their equipment look like? Do they have an updated list of all their equipment? And then two, items that are supposed to be inspected, have they been inspected and is it up to date? You know, your lifts in some states have to be inspected every four or five years. Also, a lot of times shop owners have this equipment and they depreciate it out really, really quickly. And so they're going to send you a list of equipment. Does it show the depreciation? What's been depreciated out? Is there a depreciation schedule? Things like that. And then two, for me personally, as far as the shop equipment goes, unless it's less than a year old, in my mind, it doesn't have a lot of value because it could break tomorrow. And then what happens if you have to break it and buy something new, especially with lifts, especially with machinery, is the alignment machine 10 years old? You know, what does that tell you? And you you need to look at that versus what your costs are going to be in the first year if you buy this business. If you're going to buy it and not keep it open, are you going to be able to get Anything when you sell that stuff? Probably not. Used equipment goes for pennies on the dollar. Okay. The other thing is, is do they have an accurate inventory? A lot of times people have an inventory. And if you go through and look at it, what is the current value of their inventory? And so they may have items on there that have been sitting on a shelf for seven years. If if it's not less than six months old and it's sitting on a shelf, then it's probably, its value is probably zero. You should be doing more inventory turns than that. So you need to make sure that you have a, an idea and, and think about the inventory and what you want to do with it. If you need to tell them to return everything they can to the vendor, let them get the credit back for, against their bill, the rest of it goes in the trash and just tell them you're not interested in it. Don't get an overbloated inventory. Number eight, Processes and procedures. If you're in this business looking at it or if you're evaluating the business, do you see processes and procedures being followed? Do they have processes and procedures written down? 
if you're asking for the financials and everything on the business, I would also ask them for where's your your MSDS binder? How do you store your processes and procedures? What is your training program like for new employees? And if they just look at you and cock their head to the eye like a dog and go like, huh, then they have none of that. And so that gives you an insight into the employees just a little bit. Number nine, what does their cash flow look like? And then you can get this from the balance sheet and and be able to figure that out. Balance sheets are a little tricky sometimes. I'm not a big fan of the balance sheet because uh, so many times it doesn't match up with the income statement. You know, you need to be able to look, are they holding on to dollars into inventory? We're going to talk about accounts receivable in just a second. Do they have a lot of money out in accounts receivable and it pinches their cash flow? So do they have the cash in the business to flow through and run it like it needs to be ran? Number 10, what is the quality of their current employees? If you go out and look, if you do a mystery shop or you look at there, are they all in uniform? Are the shirts tucked in? Look at a time card. Does, do they show up on time? Or do you have employees that show up 30 minutes late to, to, every, to work every day? Uh, and then talk to employees. Ask employees if you can about the ownership. What do you think? What do you like about your current ownership? What do you not like? Sometimes you don't get that ability to look in there, but it's it's a it's an important question. The other thing is is typically we would want to keep all the employees, but what I would tell you is make all of them reapply. Ask the owner, and most owners are like, "Oh yeah, I want you to keep everybody," but ask the owner. Say if you were in my position. And you made everybody reapply for their job, knowing what you know now, who would you keep and who would you let go? Do not keep terrible staff just because the the previous owner kept them. Number 11 is accounts receivable. It's not that big a thing any anymore as it used to be when I had my shop. When I had my shop, uh, we did a lot of tires. We had a, two mobile service trucks, did agriculture, industrial tires. And then auto and light truck, medium commercial, retreads, all of that stuff. And we had a lot of customers who, you know, we would go do work at their place of business on the road, whatever, and then just bill them. And when I bought the business, I bought the accounts receivable and the accounts payable and we made it match. That's a great thing to do, especially if you're on the side of it where your account's payables more than your account's receivable. That way they're just cutting you a check. And I think I think my account's payable was about $26,000 more than what my account's receivable was. So they gave, a, gave me a check for $26,000 the day we closed. And that's what I used for operating capital for the first week or two while I had more cash flow coming in. The problem with that was, is I should have probably gotten a check for sixty to $70,000 because within a year, the government, in all their wisdom, changed the bankruptcy rules, and I got like 35, 34 bankruptcy letters in one day, and I had to write off $100,000 worth of bad debt. And so that was $100,000. It was actually a little bit more than that. I want to say like 114, but who's, who's counting, right? So I had to go in and write all that off as bad debt. And that was pure profit. That was profit in the business that I'd made, that we'd worked hard for, and that we had set aside. Technicians got paid. Service advisors got paid. The vendors got paid. But Chris didn't get paid. I had to write every bit of that off. And looking back, the accounts receivable was probably 
if you're buying a business and if there's anything over 30 days, I would write it off. I would be like, look, you need to write that off before I buy the business because I'm not buying your bad debt because you didn't have a great process or procedure for collecting from these people. That's that's the, the biggest lesson that I learned that I wished I wouldn't have learned. Uh, that money would have really, really helped out in the business. Anyway, that's that's 10 plus a bonus item to think about. And if you have any other questions or comments or concerns, please feel free to reach out to me. I do these business evaluations all the time. I'm currently working on four uh, people trying to sell, people trying to buy. Think about that. And if you're currently doing one, then have you asked all the questions that we just talked about? This has been Coach Chris Cotton from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching. If you find yourself struggling in your auto repair business or have a feeling like you don't know what you don't know, but you're eager to learn and grow your business, then please feel free to reach out to me, chris at autofixsos.com, or please give me a call at 940-400-1008. Time to get out and rise and grind, everybody. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the aftermarketradionetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.